New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of mind, body, psyche, and spirit, and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. Do you remember your dreams? It's said that dream images come from our unconscious pool of wisdom, and there's much personal insight to be gained when we pay attention to our night murmurings in our dream time. Our guest, Linda Yael Schiller, affirms that dreams embody our hopes, fears, and creativity. They are a permanent witness to our life's journeys. They are portable, practical, and an unlimited resource. And she further guarantees that as we commit to valuing our dreams and honoring them by tracking, recording, and contemplating the messages they will reveal, the wisdom of our souls. Linda Yael Schiller is a licensed psychotherapist who has taught dream work and runs dream groups for over three decades. She teaches and consults on trauma treatment, PTSD, and nightmares. She's the author of Modern Dream Work, New Tools for Decoding Your Soul's Wisdom, and PTS Dreams, Transform Your Nightmares from Trauma Through Healing Dream Work. Join us for the next hour as we explore the insights and healing that our nightly dreams can bring to us with our guest, Linda Yael Schiller. I'm speaking with Linda from her home by remote connection. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I'll be your host. Welcome to New Dimensions. Linda, welcome. Thank you, Justine. So nice to be here with you. It's grand to have you. Thank you so much for coming. Let's just say, start off, what is the importance of working with our dreams? How how can they be helpful to us in our waking life? Our conscious mind actually holds only about 10% of the knowledge and wisdom that our entire mind and brain contain. The rest is held in various parts of our unconscious, including our, our body mind, the cells of our body. The fastest, easiest, and simplest way to have access to this greater source of wisdom is by attending to our dreams, which put us in touch with these deeper layers of self that our waking mind just doesn't have access to. So we can pay attention to our dreams because they're fun, they're 
journeys. They're delightful. They're exciting. They're sexy. Um, they also can give us answers to deep questions and dilemmas that we have in our lives. And they can also provide us with an SOS saying, pay attention, something's not right, either in your life now or something you haven't resolved from the past when they show up in the form of nightmares or particularly of repetitive nightmares. You know, when you say that, I know that you you mention in your work that uh, you, you can get medical uh, alerts in your dreams. Um, do you have like an example of that? Sure. They're called prodromal dreams, which are these medical alert dreams. And sometimes it's a way for our body through our unconscious and our dreaming to give us a heads up that there's something going on physically that our conscious minds have not caught yet. So if we're paying attention to our dreams and we're tracking, we might get the medic alert in the form of a direct message that says something like, you know, pay attention to that pressure in your chest. Don't ignore it. Or we might get images and metaphors that we're asked to pay attention to. So um, I'll give you just one example of someone who I was working with years ago in a dream group. He was coming to the group time after time with dreams about uh, drippy faucets and his sink water was dripping and then his bathtub water was dripping and then water was starting to run down the walls of the house in his dream. And, you know, we hypothesized together with him and asked him all sorts of questions about what this might mean. And finally we said, how about the plumbing in your body? Anything going on with your physical plumbing? And he said, well, not really, you know, at my age, you know, and you went on to say sometimes a little bit of this and that. I said, but you know what? If you keep having these dreams, and we all agreed in the dream circle, why don't you go get it checked? Just why not talk to your doctor? So because he took his dream seriously, he did. He talked to his doctor and he said, Doc, you know, don't think I'm crazy, but I've been having these dreams about drippy faucets and plumbing networking. Could we just do like a prostate and, and, and u urinary tract test? Sure enough, he had very early stage prostate cancer. They caught it really quickly. He was able to get treatment and get a handle on things and move forward in his life. And it would never have even showed up had he not gone into asthma test. There you go. There. Thank you. This particular dream, number one, it was a recurring dream for him. The, the landscape of it uh, kind of, or the images were very similar and they recurred uh, over and over. That's number one. And number two, he brought it to the dream group. And um, I know that when you say that you're very, very cautious about this and you say that we don't interpret each other's dreams so much as, as we really uh, acknowledge the dreamer that that they are the ones that know what this dream means. So say something about recurring dreams and how we can work with our friends with their dreams. First of all, I want to give a shout out to you because it's such a pleasure to work with someone and talk with someone who has clearly read the books, really taken it in and asked questions that are directly applicable. So thank you so much. I really want to 
um, appreciate that your part. Um, so yeah, one of the principles of doing dream work is that the, the ultimate meaning of the dream lies within the dreamer, him or herself. And this is one of the principles I learned through my dream organization, IASD, which stands for the International Association for the Study of Dreams. And that's actually part of the code of ethics that we don't interpret other people's dreams. We don't tell them what it means, but we work together either one-on-one or in groups as a, a guide, as a questioner as a someone who can offer a different perspective um but we don't say this means that right so even Jung famously said that he can't interpret his own dreams without help from somebody else so we know we all have blind spots right we can't see the back of our own heads without not just one but actually two mirrors right to see the back of our heads so this sort of brings your two questions together one is I can have associations, thoughts, images connected to your dreams. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say this means that, but I might say, if this were my dream, I would be wondering about this. This is something we learned from Jeremy Taylor, one of our, our teachers in the dream world. Or I'm wondering about this, or if this were my dream, I might want to pay attention to the woman in the red dress over in the corner there that you haven't really put a lot of attention to. And the dreamer can then respond and saying, oh yeah, that's really interesting. Or the dreamer might say, nah, that no. doesn't have any interest yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to force my opinion on them. It may or may not turn out that we go back to the woman in the red dress, but that's not my business, right? That's the dreamer's business. The other question about working with other people is because of that sort of quote about from Jung that we, we do need help in seeing our own blind spots, the parts of our shadow, the parts of ourselves that we simply can't see without an outside perspective, working with at least one or a group of other people infinitely expands our ability to see many aspects and many layers in the dream. And what's so lovely about doing dream work with others is that we all get benefit from working on each other's dreams as well as our own dreams. Because if you bring a dream, Justine, and I have some kind of a resonance with your dream, I might get an aha from your dream, even though it wasn't the dream I dreamt. You're saying it could be even helpful to you as as one who's listening to the dream from another. Uh, We need to talk about how a lot of people say, oh, I never remember my dreams, you know. So um, what is your suggestion about how can we remember our dreams? Sure. And you phrased it just right, because some people actually say, I never dream, which we know isn't technically true, because we all do dream five to seven times a night, because we have REM cycles, and we all have REM cycles. The question is whether or not we remember our dreams. Partially, that has to do with when we're waking up in the REM cycle, if we're waking up in deep REM sleep or not in a different delta or theta stage of sleep. It also has to do, first and foremost, with whether or not we value our dreams and think they're important. Because the things we put value on and pay attention to are the things that we're going to retain. So if we don't really care or don't think our dreams mean anything to us, we're much less likely to remember them than if we say, wow, this is really important, or this is really fun, or this is curious, or this is scary. I I, want to get the message from my dream so I've got a a direction about next steps in life. How do I understand this? So there's a few 
tips, if you will, for, for better remembering. And, and the first one is simply that, value your dreams. And tell yourself before you go to sleep at night, I want to remember my dreams and then honor the dream muse by making a promise that you keep by writing them down. Because we all know, we've all had a dream where we said, oh, that was such a cool dream. We wake up, jump out of bed, and poof, it's gone. It's like a wisp of smoke or, or mist. We, you know, you move too quickly, the dream dissipates. So keep a journal right by your bed with writing material. And if you must type it into your phone or your computer or your device, you know, go ahead and do that. I'm a big fan of handwriting because you can see things in handwriting later that you might not have been able to discern if you typed. But if you can't, you can't. I, I appreciate, you know, our, our younger folks are really, there's no hand journaling. Um, but keep your recording device by your by your bed. You know, I'm, I, I, I ordered um, these special pins that have a light on them. Yeah. So as I read your book and I thought, oh, I really need to go back to journaling and writing them down. And 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 sometimes you wake up and it's dark outside and there's a special pin that you can get that you just press it in. And rather than turning on the overhead light, you've got this light that's right there as you're writing. And so that, that was one of the things that, that I had um that with your suggestion about writing down your dreams. And I want to talk more about that in just one moment. But I want to remind our listeners that I'm here with Linda Yael Schiller, and she is the author of Modern Dream Work and also PTS Dreams, Transforming Your Nightmares from Trauma Through Healing Dream Work. And if you want to know more about her work, you can go to her website, Linda Yael. Schiller, and she spells her name Linda Yael, Y-A-E-L, Schiller, S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Linda Yael Schiller, and we're talking about dream work. And Linda, you say, like, remembering our dreams, writing them down is helpful. Are all of our dreams informative? I mean, I'm just wondering, golly, I'm a prolific dreamer, and I often can wake up and remember my dreams. So I'm fortunate in that way. But I'm just thinking... Like this morning when I woke up, um, 
my dreams, I had all these different images that I, I remembered. I, I didn't take the time to write them down this morning, but are all of these images informative? Should we notate all of them? So you have what we call a good problem where you have such an abundance of dreams and images that you you need a bit of a sieve, right, to sort out the ones that are, are most uh, relevant and, and salient for you. So there's a couple ways to answer that question. One is all dreams are important at some level of importance. They're not all important at our deep soul earth-shattering level, however. With most dreams, if we work through the various levels and layers of meaning, we can find something very, very important. But if we're a thin boundary person, which sounds like you are, which in my world is a compliment, um, then you get all sorts of stuff coming through. So then your job is to decide what feels like from a felt sense in your body and your emotional self, what feels most salient, most important, what goes me, me, talk to me um, the loudest if you don't have time to pay attention to everything. But if we are dreamers who don't have so many options that you have or rarely remember dreams, I'd say capture these nuggets of gold because each dream, even if it seems very simple and basic, if you peel the layers of the dream onion, there are multiple layers that can be simultaneously true and you can get to an associative place of deeper meaning, both for yourself and for other people in your life, and for family, your, your, your ancestors, as well as dreaming for the world. So there, there are a lot of possibilities in working with your dreams. That reminds me, there was a dream that I wrote down recently. And, and when I have like these dreams that like, whoa, that really, I wake up and I'm, yeah. and this dream happened, I wrote the date, and it happened right after the Supreme Court had negated Roe Roe versus Wade, and mm. the, it was the anti-abortion moment in our history. And I had a dream that night. Uh, I dreamed that I was in a red car, which was like the car that I grew up with as a teenager. And mm -hmm. I was in a an antique store, and there was a very shady character, a sinister character in the antique store. Mm. And I was inside my car and I went to lock the passenger side of the car because he was trying to come into the car. And I had trouble with mm. that. So I put the car in reverse and I slammed my foot on the gas pedal. And I knew that I was going to have to crash through the wall behind me, the 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 opening wall of the antique store. I knew I would crash through it, but I didn't care, and I just roared <laughs> out of that that um, that antique store, and I just woke up so happy with the. I just felt energized, and it just gave me something when I was feeling kind of very depressed personally about that decision. So, uh, it, it, so any comment there about anything, anything you want to say uh, about this kind of important dreams that we can have? Mm. So first, it's, it's clear to me that it's clear to you 
at least one layer of connection, which is that you had a strong emotional visceral response to the to the Roe v. Wade uh, decision, and that you aren't going to go quietly into that good night, right? <laughs> your your sleeping self, your dreaming self is going to say, we're going to stay up and give you a dream <laughs> that has to do with this. And if I if I paraphrase and, and use my uh, method of saying, if this were my dream and I was associating to your dream, I want to pay attention, Justine, to what we call the emotional narrative in the dream. Right. So in there's a couple of different pieces here. One, the first part of your dream. Here's the storyline narrative first and then the emotional narrative. The storyline is you're you're referencing your own growing up. This red car reminded you of when you were a young person. So something about the beginning of the dream is reminding you. And I'm guessing looking we're on we're on Zoom here. So looking at you, we probably grew up in around the same era, um, which is when there were lots of um, fights in order to secure and protect abortion rights. So we, you know, you may or may not have participated in that, but that was sort of the era. You know, you're giving me an insight right now about my youth. I did have um, an illegal at that time abortion as a young woman. I was... um, 17 years old when I did that. So it was like a backroom abortion before it was legal. So there you're now you're giving me an insight of oh, the red car and uh, my association with my own trauma that I had when it was illegal and and the danger that that was that I experienced personally. And um, I mean, I got through it, and and later I did have a a, a son. But it um, that's really you're <laughs> giving me a new insight. Mm. Thank you so much, Justine, for sharing that, and for sort of you know in the in the terminology today, sort of coming out. That's a, a really courageous thing to do, and and it it models you know for for women and for men that um, what are the dangers of, of not having it be legal? And it, it certainly it's never an easy decision, no matter what, you know, what your circumstances are to decide to not be able to complete a pregnancy. But as a 17-year-old, you are in no way, shape, or form, you know, ready to, to have a baby. And the fact that, and I'm so sorry that it wasn't yet mm-hmm. legal. So there's an added layer of trauma. You're absolutely right. There's an added layer of trauma when not only do you have to go through a medical procedure, but you have to do it on, on the QT and, and not be able to get the kind of support that you deserve to have. Um, so there's the beginning of the dream. So that ties in actually with the emotional story. So at that time, you were empowered enough to go and have the abortion, but it probably didn't feel particularly empowering because it was, you know, it was still illegal and you had to do whatever you had to do to get it. So I would guess if it were my dream or my experience that at that time you weren't feeling particularly strong and powerful. You're just doing what you had to do. Exactly. Precisely. I was out effect of it all. But the, yeah. in the dream, the most important thing, when I slammed on mm-hmm. that gas pedal, I mm-hmm. mean, and, and I knew I was going to crash through, but I knew I would be okay. It just okay. felt so powerful. 
in other words, um, this imagery that we have in our dreams, you mentioned one of the wonderful things that you bring up in your book, uh, in the Modern Dreamwork book, uh, that I just loved. You talked about the dream world, the metaphor of the dream world of Dorothy mm-hmm. in The Wizard of Oz. And you really, really go through that. And it was so helpful to me to think of the dream that she was going through. I'd love to ha- have you have a comment about that and tell us about The Wizard of Oz and why that's oh, important. Thank you. I'd love to talk about that. That's actually the theme that threads through that first book. Let me just back up for one second because I, I loved your dream so much. Oh, please, please. Can I can I put a little more attention on you? For oh, a okay. I, 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 you arm. can feel me saying, oh, I don't want, you know, I want, you know, I'm kind of <laughs> shy and saying, oh, I don't want to have so much attention on me. I, but whatever it is that's coming to you, please okay. share with us. <laughs> So just as I walk through your dream a little bit more, so there was the be- so dreams have a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? So in the beginning, we had the red car association that you made a connection with your, this experience in your childhood. In the middle, there's this shady character in an antique store. So something old and something sinister. And that's kind of what you had to go through, I, I imagine. Something a little sinister and shady to get this abortion. Um, then in your dream, you're not letting this creepy guy into your car. Hell no, right? You lock the door, you put the car in reverse, which is an interesting thing. You're going in reverse. Is that what is that what we're doing now in our country? Are we going in reverse? I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but then you put it in gear. You know you're going to crash. You roar the hell out of there and you feel empowered. So this is not a nightmare because the dream ends with you feeling strong and powerful. And to borrow a metaphor, you're crashing through a glass ceiling here. Exactly. Right? You're breaking it down is, a wall. It and, is a glass. You're absolutely right. It is, a, you know, the you know how in a shop, the opening is a big piece of glass. I knew that's what I was going to go through. Uh-oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I know our listeners can feel this is so great the way you work with dreams and and the way you you just sort of flesh it out you're not interpreting it for me but you're reminding me of these pieces that I really hadn't paid attention to mm-hmm. yeah thank you so this is for everybody right we we don't see everything in our dream we don't think of everything in our dream and you're always free to say, yeah, that feels just right. Or no, I don't, I don't really get a hit on that. Um, so I'm, I can suggest, or I can say, this is what my dreams are about associations, right? So our metaphors, our symbols, our images, this reminds me of that. So there's no right or wrong with an association, which is, which is the beauty of, of, of a dream. Yes. And I can, I can think, I know that you suggested, let's say, um, if you have a dream about a eucalyptus tree mm-hmm. and it's not a weeping willow, it's a eucalyptus tree, mm-hmm. you you suggest that we might look up just what is a eucalyptus tree? We we might want to do some research. Do, do you suggest that we also do some homework? 
Absolutely. So we get a symbol, we get an image in our dream that captures our attention. So we look inside the dream and I'll take your example. First of all, we have a tree and then we figure out, okay, what's a tree? A tree is something where there's growth, where there's roots, where there's branches, where there's bark. There might be birds in the tree. There might be squirrels. Okay. We do you or don't you live in a neighborhood where there are trees? Are there trees in your yard? Did you climb trees growing up as a kid? Like all these possible associations. And then, and then, and then we're going to come back to the end then in just one moment, because I want to remind our listeners, I'm here with Linda Yael Schiller, and she is the author of PTS Dreams, Transform Your Nightmares from Trauma Through Healing Dreamwork, and also uh, Modern Dreamwork, New Tools for Decoding Your Soul's Wisdom. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Linda Yael Schiller, and we're talking about dream work, and we're talking about, okay, if you have this image of a tree, and and you're, you're helping us to look more deeply into the dream of this image of a tree. Mm-hmm. So we first start inside the dream, and as I was saying before, we we think about what are our possible associations to a tree. And then we get sort of in the deepening layers, we get more specific. Oh, well, what kind of tree was this? Was And as you mentioned, you know, it wasn't a weeping willow. It was an actual eucalyptus tree. And, and that level of specificity is really important in dreams because dreams point us in a very particular direction if we pay attention to the nuances and the details. So it's like, okay, a eucalyptus tree, that's really interesting. What do I know about a eucalyptus tree? That's when you might go to Professor Google, right? And and look up what what is a eucalyptus tree? What's what's the meaning of eucalyptus tree showing up in my dream? Live near eucalyptus trees, like so why? So if I look it up, I might find a whole bunch of um resources about a eucalyptus tree but then um then i say okay so i found this up on google so wow all right does that have any resonance for me is there anywhere in my life so then we have that associative metaphor layer that just started with the tree right exactly right well done i i want to ask you about um Dream incubation. Uh, can can we can we ask questions of our dreams? Can we ask them specifically to give us something? Yes. So dream incubation is an ancient, ancient art of turning to your dreams in a purposeful way to ask for information, for wisdom, for knowledge 
to help us in some way in our lives. And anything at all that you have a question or dilemma about, it could be a small question or dilemma or something, you know, pretty big. You can spend a few minutes before you go to sleep at night incubating a dream. And in, in modern day, that simply means write a couple of sentences or a couple of pages, whatever you want in your journal, do some journaling, ending with the question you want answered. Let's say you were offered a new job, but it means moving across the country. Should I move? Should I go? Should I take it? You're really on the fence. Ask your dream. What's in my best interest and highest good? Take this job and move or, or not. And then capture your dream. See what the dream comes through when you wake up after having asked that question. What if what if you you do get a dream, but you don't quite understand it? Can can you can you do something to ask it to be even more specific? What what can you do if you don't yeah. if you get a dream but you don't understand it? Classically, we don't understand our dreams. So you're in a very good company if you wake up and you don't understand what your dream means. I often don't understand what my dream means, and I do this for a living. So I always talk to my friends or to my dream group if I have a dream that I need to sort of figure out and peel back the layers. So there's a couple of things you can do. One is talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to your partner. I had this dream, you know, got any hits on it for me. And here's the question I asked. Can you see how this might be related in any way? Any metaphors, any associations? That's one thing. The other is redream. Write down the next night saying, thank you, dear dream muse. I appreciate you gave me a dream, but I didn't get it. It wasn't clear enough. Could you please send me a dream tonight that is really crystal clear, does not have metaphor in it that I understand immediately when I wake up and I don't have to, you know, ask you again. <laughs> or you can be a little, you know, I said in the book, you can be a little bossy <laughs> with your dream muse if it's very important. Um, and I don't know if you want me to tell the story from Modern Dream Work about my big dream that I incubated. Oh, please do. Please. This is always one good my- to have an example. Yes. So it was, it's one of my favorite stories. Um, it's um, when my husband and I were adopting our daughter from China. In the uh, adoption world, the, the word for when you get your match, it's called a referral. So when we got our, our referral of our baby, um, we were told that she was uh about, I think it was 15 months old. And we said, oh, and we had been hoping that she would have been younger, more of an infant. So she would have had you know less time in an orphanage and more time in, in her family with us. So we weren't sure if this was the right sort of match for us or not. So we're sitting at the adoption agency with the director and we said, Jeepers, I don't know. Can you know, do we have any time? She says, Well, I look at my husband and he knows what I was thinking. So he nods. I said, So Lillian, can, can you give me till tomorrow? Give us till tomorrow. I have to go home and dream on it. So we had this little tiny, tiny picture, like about the size of a postage stamp, which is what they send um, when they're sending over the referral uh, from China. So I looked at the little picture and this beautiful little face. And it's like, oh. Is this our daughter? I'm not sure. So I went home and I asked my dream muse and I was very bossy. I said, listen, I need to know by the time I wake up tomorrow morning, is this our daughter or not? So I woke up a few times in the night, no dream, no dream, no dream. Finally, I wake up seven in the morning. I have a dream. I write it down and it's like, got it. This is our daughter. 
So you'll know exactly how I knew when I tell you the story. All dreams are contextualized, right? So the context or the background that you'll need to understand the dream is when my husband and I got married, we bought a house and, or actually after we got married, we bought the house. Um, and we put in, my mother-in-law helped us put in some gardens, um, some terracing, and we've had a shed put in for our tools, our garden tools. And when the guy came to put the shed in, it, it didn't quite fit underneath our deck. We're on a hill. So the deck is uh, uh, over the hill it didn't quite fit under the deck he said oh no no problem we'll just dig down and you know we'll put in a foundation and it'll fit just fine and that's what he did so and then we had the chef okay so that's the background here's the dream i wake up at seven in the morning and the dream is we have a new shed it's a little bit bigger than we expected but it fits just fine <gasps> oh there, the daughter was just a little bit older, but yes. it fits just fine. Wow, that was very clear, wasn't it? It was very clear. It was very clear. Wow, I, I just love that. I, I just love that. That's great. And I, I know that you do this, this, the way that you work with a dream, you do a very integrated, uh, embodied approach. So it's not just intellectual it, it's it's something more than that can you speak about that please sure thank you right one of the ways that i sort of the the name if you will of how i do dream work is the integrated embodied approach so both in my psychotherapy work and in my life and in my dream work i really embrace wholeheartedly the idea that we are whole beings we are and and intricately connected body, mind, heart, and spirit, right? And that goes back to your question before about the Wizard of Oz, right? The body, mind, heart, and spirit that are exemplified by each of the characters that Dorothy meets along the way. And how do we integrate all those parts of ourselves? So that when we work on our dreams, not only are we paying attention to all those levels and dimensions of being, but in doing dream work, I work from a variety of different perspectives and ways of working that include talking as we're doing now. Um, it also includes doing focusing, which is a body mind uh, integrative method of working where we tune into what's called the felt sense in our physical body. I work with a whole variety of somatic experiencing kind of methods where we do various forms of body work with our dreams, whether it's psychodrama or tableau or role play, and also make sure to pay attention to the spiritual perspective as well, both as it enhances and informs our life, but also gives us opportunity to both peek around the corner of time and space and to connect with other dimensions, whether for you that's a spiritual being or beings or departed relatives who may have gone over the other side, we, we have opportunity to greet them again and, and work things out if there needs to be worked out through, through our dreams as well. I, that's, a, that's a wonderful subject too, that, that we can get visitations. I know when my mother died, before she died, I never had a dream about her, but once she died, I think I dreamed about her every single night for a year. 
And and it wasn't until I, I just need to tell you the this little story. Um, it wasn't until I did this uh psychedelic work with uh with a group, you know, guided psychedelic work. Mm-hmm. And when I woke up in the morning and they took the blindfolds off and they said, Oh, you know, did you have any images, anything, you know, then just kind of coax you like a dream because it's like a dream time. And I said, right. oh, nothing really happened. Nothing really happened. Oh, except that there was this one image of my mother's alligator purse. And they all just smiled and laughed. And I laughed when I said it out loud, mother's purse. And, it, you know, all of the dreaming was about the inheritance and and fear that she was coming back. And now I have to give all the inheritance back to for her livelihood. And yeah, it was just very, it was, it just like, yeah, right. So I just worked <laughs> on that for, for a long time. Uh, but that came as a dream image. Mm-hmm. And there it is right there. It's uh, very clear, just like your mm-hmm. dream of the child. It's very, I, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for, for dreaming and the dream work that mm-hmm. you do and that you are emphasizing for us because it, it's it's really important. And I know that you talk about, you know, there are, are sleep dreams. Mm-hmm. Then there are waking dreams where, where we tune into synchronicity and, and intuition. And then there are daydreams. And mm-hmm. I, I I love it that that you you actually go beyond just our sleep dreams, but mm-hmm. there's this other reality that's always available out of time and space. So mm-hmm. any comment about that? Sure. So there's a continuum of consciousness. And at one end of the continuum, if you will, is we're full on, wide awake, sitting and talking together on Zoom, clearly in the here and now, in this moment in time and space. At the other end of the continuum is we're sound asleep, deep in a dream, and we're living alive in the dream as if it was, or maybe is, just as real as you and I sitting here talking now. And just as real as you and I are talking right now, we're going to come back to that in just one moment. I want to remind our listeners that I'm here with Linda Yael Schiller, and we're talking about dream work. And her her name and her website is Linda Yael Schiller, and Yael, Y-A-E-L Schiller, S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R, Linda Yael Schiller.com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions.
I'm here with Linda Yael Schiller, and we're talking about dream work. And we're talking about the different kinds of dream work. You know, there's, and you are just talking about the sleep dream, but there are other realities in our even waking life of dream work. Right. So at one level, there's, you know, when you are driving on the highway and you kind of space out and you don't know where you've been for 10 minutes and you look and go, oh, I missed my exit and I didn't notice anything for 10 minutes. Who was driving that car? <laughs> it's an interesting question. <laughs> so that's sort of a trancy hypnotic dream state. Um, and then there's actual hypnotherapy or trance work, which is another variation on a dream state. Um, then there's just simply daydreaming where we just kind of are wool gathering. We're spacing out. We're sitting in a classroom. And rather than listening to the professor, we're kind of saying, oh, what am I having for dinner? And where am I going to do this weekend? And you're somewhere else in your brain. Your body is still in the classroom. Right? So these are variations on where your body and mind are in time and space. They're not in the same place at the same time. And then we get to the level of synchronicity or what we would call a waking dream. And synchronicity is a Jungian term, which means that improbable occurrences co-occur. So it's like a deja vu or a Somehow you knew something you had no business knowing or somehow something connected in a way that just surprised you in your life. If you pay attention and you notice you're on the lookout for interesting, unusual events in your life and then treat them as if it was a dream to decipher and uncover, you'll be able to walk around your life with an additional state of, of awe and appreciation for the messages and meaning that the universe sends you. You know, I, I think that's such an important point. And I know in my own life, if I'm going through something and I know that I need to make a decision, I consciously ask uh, my my guides to uh, help me pay attention to, because I think we get these sort of things all the time. A billboard shows up and it has some message and then we see somebody's uh, sticker on their bumper on their car, you know, that says, oh, said the same thing as the billboard or something. And these sorts of things, um, they just go through us so fast. And so I, when I'm going through something, I, I actually say, help me pay attention. Yeah. What's so beautiful about that is, right, we, we rush so much in our lives and in our modern Western culture. Boy, do we try to go as fast as we can, right? It reminds me of like, you know, in Alice in Wonderland or Alice with a Looking Glass, she says to the queen, I'm running just as fast as I can just to stay in one place. So can we take a breath, right? Can we, can we pause? Can we take the pause and notice what's around us that we have the time to notice, oh, look, there is a cardinal in that tree. Just when I was thinking about my dad and his message to me comes often through the cardinal. So whenever I see the cardinal, I say, hi, dad. And he always says hi. And he always, you know, connects like that. Um, or you can do 
live waking dream incubation as well. So if you have a question in your mind, say, gee, what should I do about X or Y? Or I'm undecided about X or Y. And um, it's funny that you mentioned billboard because I, I think I must have told the story in the book, but I, I one time was holding a question in my mind. I think it's about a relationship dilemma. This was years ago. And I said, I'm just going to like pay attention in my waking life. Like, what should I do? What does this relationship need or whatever? And I'm walking and I had to do an errand. So I'm taking a walk and on my way home from my walk, I had to cross a busy street and there's this big billboard and it was a billboard for of all things, a hair salon of like learning to be a, a beautician, I guess, or, or a hairdresser. And I look up and it said, have some serious fun. And I was like, that's my message. That's what I need. <laughs> More serious fun. And it was a billboard for a hair salon, but it was my message. <laughs> yeah. And you recognize it right away. I, you, exactly. Because I've been, I had been holding that gently in the back of my mind as an intention. Right. There's a, there's a wonderful um, Hebrew word called kavanah, and kavanah comes from the world word lekaven, which means to point to or the direction. Right, a kavanah is a direction. So if you hold in your mind your intention, your kavanah, you're pointing yourself in the direction of getting there. So if we point ourselves in a direction, we're more likely to get there than if we don't point ourselves in that direction. Oh, you mentioned the Hebrew word, and I know that you lived in Israel for for quite a few years. And and there's this wonderful story you tell about how when we do get some message that we might want to ritualize it. We might want to actually do a ritual. And you tell this wonderful story of being with, I don't know if it was her name. Her name might've been Sarah. And she wanted, I think her father died, somebody died, and she wanted to do a Kaddish. Can you tell that story? Because it just spoke to my soul. It spoke to my heart. Oh, Oh, that's great. Thank you for pulling that out. The title of that chapter is Finding the Spirit of the Dream in the Spirit of the of the Woods or something like that. And it's exactly as you said, I'm with a friend, and you're right, great memory. Her my my girlfriend's name is Sarah, and um she her grandfather had died. And in Jewish tradition, you say the Kaddish, the prayer for the dead for your um, parents, but in orthodoxy, you don't say it for your grandparents. So that felt like kind of a loss for her, but her rabbi was very progressive. And she he said, say, Sarah, do you want to, want to say Kaddish your grandfather? And because she had grown up in an orthodox family, she said, no, that's, that's, you know, that doesn't feel right. But then afterwards she said, oh, I kind of felt bad. I missed that opportunity to say Kaddish for my grandfather, but kind of would have liked to. And she said, and I don't really regret most things in my life. She's a pretty, you know, awesome person. So we were out taking a walk in the woods, me and Sarah and her dog. Her dog's name was actually Bodhisattva. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I said, so Sarah, 
Um, you know, we can say cottage now if you want. We, we don't have to be in synagogue and we don't need to have, you know, uh, you know, let's let's make a minion now. And a minion is a group of 10 people that gather together to say this particular prayer where you need community to say the prayer. I said, you know, it doesn't have to be 10 people. We can make a minion now here in the woods. So she said, I love it. This is great. So let's make a minion. So we had me and her and her dog. That was three. That was the minion. And then I think if I got a count to 10, we had the trees and the bushes and the sky and the earth. There was that now we're up to seven for the beings in our minion. And then, oh, look, here's this triple goddess tree. You know, those beautiful big three branched trees. So that was the triple goddess tree. So that was uh, like a three in one. So we had our 10 beings. And I think one of them was the actual wind. Yes, we had I love the that. sound of the wind rustling through the trees. That was the, the, the breath sound of the divine joining us in that moment. Yeah. I love that, how we really can rework things that really work. And it, it's real soul work. It's soul work for it's what you're talking about, Linda, for me. And I, I just want to have you just as we come toward the end of our conversation here uh, to say something about how the brain doesn't discriminate between our waking life and our sleeping life. I'd love for you to to say something about that. One of the things that I love about the field of work that I'm in is I get to sort of feed all the parts of my being because I can go easily and delightfully to the woo-woo, esoteric and spiritual side of things. And I love that. There's also a part of me that is really a neuroscience nerd, and I love the the neuroscience and how does our brain work. So I I love being able to attend to, to both of those elements and everything in between. So because we have the technology now, we can hook someone up to an MRI and do sleep studies. We can see what parts of the brain are firing and what are not. And then we can wake people up at various points and say, what happened? What did you experience? What we've learned is that our dreaming brain, as far as our consciousness goes, does not differentiate between whether we're awake or asleep. So if you wake up and you think in your dream, or you're in your dream and you're lucid dreaming and you're awake in your dream, and you say, this feels so real, it feels like this really happened. As far as your neurological, your neurobiological system is concerned, it did. There's no difference. Your heart does speed up if you're scared or panicky. You may get twitchy muscles in your legs if you were running. If you were climbing something in your dream, you might feel an achy feeling in your arms in the morning. Um, Your body is going to resonate to the dream images and messages in the same way it would as if you experienced them in your waking consciousness, which is, I think, just fascinating. I, I do too. I think it's really fascinating that, and that's why dreams feel so, so real when we're in them. It is a whole reality. So I, I just want to thank you so much for being with us today, Linda. 
You are very, very welcome. I've been speaking with Linda Yael Schiller. And if you want to know more about her work, you can go to her website, lindayaelschiller.com. Yael is Y-A-E-L Schiller, S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R. lindayaelschiller.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You've been listening to New Dimensions. This is program number 3771. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. You can also subscribe to our free weekly podcasts, and find over a thousand hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive. New Dimensions is produced by New Dimensions Radio in Santa Rosa, California, USA. Our executive producer is Justine Willis-Toms. Our post-production editor is Lou Judson. For over four decades, New Dimensions has been producing weekly conversations at the leading edge. We sincerely thank all of you who have supported us by being members of Friends of New Dimensions as well as members of our affiliate stations. My name is Dan Drayson. On behalf of everyone at New Dimensions whose endeavors make this program possible, I'm wishing you well. New Dimensions Radio is an independent producer supported by listener contributions. To find out more about the program you've just heard, to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter and our New Dimensions and New Dimensions Cafe podcasts, and to access thousands of other programs in the New Dimensions archive, please visit our website, newdimensions.org. That's newdimensions.org. Or call us at 707-468-5215. That's 707-468-5215. Please join us next time as we explore New Dimensions.